This episode of Pomcast is sponsored by The Wool Kitchen. The Wool Kitchen makes fun and colourful yarn that's hand-dyed in East London. We offer yarns that make you want to knit. Drawing inspiration from vibrant culture and the ability to see life in colour, you will find creative yarns with equally creative names. We say embrace the colour. Check out our variegated yarns, from punchy pool parties to sophisticated zips of colour, including British breeds and luxury merino silks. There is yarn for all. Watch the alchemy come to life on Instagram at The Wool Kitchen, as we look forward to the new year ahead with new bases and Edinburgh Yarn Festival in March. Enjoy every stitch. Welcome to POMCAST. This is the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly Magazine. A knitting magazine, don't you know? <laughs> I'm Sophie Scott and I'm joined uh, in the new year, happy new year, to Lydia Gluck. Hello, happy you, new year. You look confused, you're like, wait, who am <laughs> I? because you said happy new year too, but I realised, anyway, there was a preposition confusion in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> More of that coming up. <laughs> you like that, you get a lot of this. Anyway, happy new year happy to you new too, year. Sophie. Feels like it's been a while since we've settled back into the old podcast groove. It has indeed, because those of you who are sort of regular listeners, um, or long-term regular listeners... I know I am. <laughs> can't get enough of it. ...will know that uh, we had a sort of hiatus of sorts, mm-hmm. um, because our wonderful uh, producer, Eli, who makes the sounds sound good, he had a baby. Oh boy. With his lovely lady wife. And we've met the baby. <laughs> we were hanging out with the baby earlier. 100% best baby. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would hang out with baby yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> Would baby again. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a while since uh, we were both here recording yep. in uh, sunny Walthamstow. Here we are. <laughs> if you've never come along to this podcast, that's what it's going to be like. Um, so we talk about knitting. We talk about what we're knitting. We talk about the magazine Pom Pom Quarterly, if you're not familiar with it. Where have you been? Only the hottest knitting mag, <laughs> bar none. We do, and uh, we've also got a new uh, segment, which we will reveal yeah, I'm, later. I'm excited about this. I've even come up with a cool name, which I haven't run by you yet. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah, which I can't wait for you to dismiss. I <laughs> just really like the word segment. Huh? I like the word segment. Okay, well... <laughs> I was just thinking about oranges. I thought, like, that was the name of the book. I like the word segment. <laughs> okay, maybe we should call it that. No, it's just musing. Anyway, um... Yeah, you can tell we're a little out of practice. Yeah. That's okay. Let's, let's remind ourselves and the people what we've got. We've got news and then we have tell and tell. We tell each other what we're knitting. Yep. And, yep. you know, it's like show and tell, but you get the idea. Uh, we've got reviews uh, with our lovely sponsors, The Wall Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at a book, uh, Weave This. Weave This. Weave This. Uh, which links nicely into our interview, which is with uh, Francesca and Brooke, who run the London Loom in London <laughs> and then we have our new word segment segment and uh, <laughs> top three where we list things in threes, in threes. <laughs> so come along to the right why don't you it's news for you for you <laughs> for you <laughs> so much has been happening what has been happening well uh, issue 24 is on the horizon certainly is we are working on it uh, well as soon as we're finished recording this, that's what's going to happen. That's what happens. You think we're busy? We are. <laughs> so we've been working on that. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of news, but only because it's been a while since we did recording. I mean, personally, there's you know, eons of news that I could talk to about. That's eons? True. Is that a measurement of it? No. no. 
Uh, but I mean, actual news about what Pom Pom Stuff is doing. We've got, it's now the season, tis the season, to go to knitting shows. It is, and I love a knitting show. Do you know why I love a knitting show? Because like, you love knitting? I love, well, that's a given. <laughs> I like meeting the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting the people, listen to the podcast, because they say, oh, you're tall. I was like, yep. <laughs> I'm translate over sound, but I am. Uh, yeah, meet the people, seeing all the palm knits that they do, seeing all the other people who do the knitting, like uh, people running the stores. Yeah, we get to hang out with um, our knitting buddies who often we only get to work with via the magic of the internet. But right. It's nice to be in the same room sometimes. Get the little collabs kind of. I'm calling the collabs now, it's 2018. <laughs> Ooh, and there's uh... collaborations. <laughs> For those of you who don't know. Not delicious um, ice cream dish I like or something, I don't know. Um, so specifically, we're going to be at Unravel, uh, which is 16th to 18th of Feb. Mm-hmm, very soon. And then next month, well, if you're in that month already, it would be next month. And depending when in the period of time you're listening to this, in March we'll be at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which is the 15th to 17th of March. They're doing it a little bit longer, just mm-hmm. to squeeze in some more woolly goodness. And I can't wait. Edinburgh's fun. Unravel's fun. They are, they are really great ones. And if those things aren't enough, because they're not, so that's why there's more, uh, we also have volume five of Interpretations coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So those of you who know um, Hohi and Vera's work, and if you don't, Hohi and Vera are two very wonderful designers who have been collaborating for yes, quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Four or five, five yeah, at least. Um, on collections which they call interpretations in which they design patterns based on words um and interpretations five will be the latest one so that'll be uh beginning of march this year um so pom pom press uh will be printing that and there will be various exciting things going on including that collection being launched at the hill country weavers retreat the first weekend of march for those of you who are in that area or on the other side of the pond yeah in that sphere of influence i suppose <laughs> So yeah, that's very exciting. We'll of course have more news on the podcast. Uh, I want to come back to issue twenty four because that's happening. It's true. We just sort of brushed over that, didn't we? Don't brush over it. I mean, <laughs> although we're deep in the the eye of the storm, finishing mm-hmm. it. Um, issue twenty four is one one of the more thematic pom poms. Would you say? I would say so. Yeah. So um, yes, for each issue of pom pom, we have a different feel and theme. It's still pom pom, you know. Right. Um, but often the palette will be very different, and uh, we sort of move between having very themey themes, like when we did the Reflections theme. Issue 19. Um, sorry? Issue 19. Issue 19, yes, Issue 19. very good. Um, very and... good. <laughs> well done, Sophie, you got a gold star. You know the products that you work in. <laughs> um, yes, and this falls under the same category as that. The uh, theme or the sort of inspiration that started uh, the mood board and so on were stamps, so postal stamps, postage stamps. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've always been really uh, obsessed with Who doesn't designs. love a good stamp? Who doesn't yeah. love stamps on a letter? Exactly. So we kind of took the theme as stamps, as kind of global community, sort of trying to celebrate snail mail. And for each of the designs in the magazine, um, each of them was uh, inspired by a different stamp. And you'll see that those stamps will have been reproduced beautifully by the illustrator Elena Skoreko Wagner, who did an illustration for the, the last year's spring issue. Yeah, issue it's 20, like a spring yeah. thing. Yeah. She pops up in spring. <laughs> She's like a little snowdrop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got some pretty great designs for you. Yeah, I'm excited about this. So that's coming out. If you're a subscriber, you can find this around February time. Mm-hmm. You'll be 
you're plopping through your left cup. Mm, plopping. plopping. <laughs> Delicious. Um, just as an extra meta thing, the stamp issue, you know, going through the mail, the post. So many oh, layers. So many layers. Like a folded letter. Um, and yeah, you can find more information about that, the things we talk about. We put it on a blog post, which you can find on the Pom Pom website, which is pompommag.com. And that's where you can buy all the cool Pom Pom stuff. Exactly. And if you, you also, by the time this podcast comes out, you should be able to check out the designs on Ravelry. Oh, yeah. Have a little look in the Ravelry group and come say hi in the Pom Pom thread as well. Um, the Pom Pom thread. The podcast thread. Uh, and the Pom Pom like thread. That. that too. All the threads. Okay. So it's time, I think, for Tell and Tell. That sounds nice. We haven't told for a while. Told or telled. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, I've been doing some knitting. Is it? Yeah. So I finally finished my garland, which is a project from issue six of Pom Pom, which I bought the yarn for three years ago. And I've been working on and off for two years. Finally I finished. Think, I think that is a good example of how, hey man, sometimes things just take time. You're still going to get a cool jumper in the end. Right. You don't have to have it now. You still like it, right? You go and wear it. I haven't worn it yet, actually, since making it. That's but it's crazy. kind of the wrong. But it's kind of the wrong time of year, right? It's yeah. like a bit too cold to just have. Even though like mohair is surprisingly warm, it's still mm. like a very open mohair fabric. I feel yeah. like. In a month's time, it might be the right time of year. Yeah. Oh, I should explain it for the non-visual medium of a podcast. Mm. If you haven't seen it, it's sort of like a cropped foxy polo neck. It's all mohair deliciousness mm. uh, jumper, and it's on the front of issue six of Pom Pom. And I tell that issue I did... seven. Oh, check out issue six. It's great as well. <laughs> but issue seven's the front cover you want to be looking at. <laughs> I tell that I did wear it on New Year's Day. It's a good day to wear a new cool jumper. Yep. That's been fun. I feel good for finishing that. Mm. And I started a chrysocolla from issue 23. Mm. But I feel I need to do the crowdsourcing. I asked you already, so you have to imagine that I haven't asked you this already. Okay. Um, About following cable charts, I haven't followed one, a pattern, with as extensive charts as this one. I think because there's several different cables all happening at the same time. Right, exactly. And there's... I need a, a better system. I think the system I'm going to go with is cutting them all up and like sticking them all down, like going a bit Blue Peter on it to make a new setup of charts. And mm. I'm thinking I want to use different coloured stitch markers to mark mm. out the different segments mm-hmm. and then put that on the charts. So then I know, like, okay, oh, this chart. Past green, so I'm yeah, on the right. Exactly. Yeah. So this chart is uh, bookended by green yeah. stitch markers. That's my plan. I don't know if anyone has any smoother ideas than that. But that's I like I'm that. Doing. Well, I remember I also had a look at it and because I think the other thing that was potentially like just like an extra thing to keep track of was the fact that some of the cables had repeats that were like eight rows mm-hmm. and then some of them were longer, mm-hmm. but they were all multiples of eight. Yeah. So I had suggested that you could, if you wanted to make them all the same uh, amount of yeah. Rows, so that's what like I'm 24 or something. Gonna play with my stick and cut yeah. situation, yeah. You could do it by hand, you could do it by Photoshop, and mm. then, yeah. Hmm, so that's been kind of something I've been using on. I've done other projects, like I was doing a jump for my dad, which was mm-hmm. like a broken oh, tweed yeah. pattern that's been chugging along. Didn't finish for Christmas, but I feel often give knitting for Christmas, it doesn't it's tricky, it's tricky. Although I did make a hat for my stepdad for Christmas, but that's much oh, yeah. more, um, that's a bit it's, easier, uh, slightly smaller. Yeah. I've remembered what I've been knitting. Okay, what are you knitting? <laughs> I'm completely blank about this earlier. Because um, I don't think... Did I talk about my Ellie Belinda? Was it finished last time we'd done this podcast? I don't think I, I talked think it about was, it I think it was, because you worked for Rhinebeck, but then that was in... 
That was in October. Oh yeah, maybe not. So maybe not. Well, apologies if I have, I'll keep it short. I made um, uh, a jumper from the autumn issue, the one that was guest edited by Juju Vale, the wonderful woman who we look to in yeah. all our times of crafting need. That's who I spent New Year's with, she's great. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I made the Ella Belinda jumper from that uh, issue, which I made in, what's it called, Dororum Natura yeah. Ulysses. Ulysses. Can't remember if there's an I must have talked about this because that's the well, colour I'm oh, right. and so, yarn I'm knitting my dad's jumper like, in. <laughs> maybe I'd started making it because I remember I like went through so many different yarns because mm. I wasn't sure what to use and I think I even, yeah, I was like, guys, somebody's gonna send me some. Anyway, I settled on that. I finished it. I wore it at Rhinebeck. Love it. Yeah. Great jumper. It's like one of my only jumpers that isn't a really bright colour. So it's actually quite handy because I have a lot a of filler. really bright coloured trousers <laughs> and similar things. So um, it's quite good to have something that's mm. like a bit more neutral and it's nice warm neutral. So Juju successfully converted me to making brown things. Oh yeah, we had a long extensive talk about brown on the podcast that she was yeah, we did. in. So if you're like, why are they talking more about brown? That's the one it's you need issue to listen to. Uh, not episode 44, 45? Check it out. It's I really don't <laughs> But I also made the overcheck cowl from that same Oh boy, yeah, issue you did. In, also in Dorero Natura, but in the slightly thicker... Yeah. Uh, Gilead? Gilead? Sorry, guys. All of this will be in the show notes. Anyway, I made it in really exciting Battenberg cake colours. I was going to say, it does look like a delicious Battenberg. <laughs> and um, I I almost feel embarrassed admitting this. I didn't check my gauge before I started. <laughs> Whoa! Because I thought, it's a cow. Doesn't matter. I mean, if I was starting a cow, I kind of feel... Like, you know, I cast on the first chunk. And if, it, if I was hating how it was turning out, I'd probably go back. But you knit it, like, you cast on the whole circumference. Oh, God. So, I mean, I should have done a... Basically, also, I'd never done double knitting before. So I definitely should have done a swatch. But I was just like, no, I'm just going to go for it. So it turned out that my row gauge was much bigger or like that I basically I only did the first half of the chart mm -hmm. because if I'd have done both parts of it it would have been absolutely gigantic you could have just like lived in that you could have put that on and people would be like where's Lydia <laughs> I could have just put it would have covered my entire head and then I could put like a cool hat on it and be like completely anonymous <laughs> good evening <laughs> um but I really love that and I like how Battenbergy it is because it it's is. squares and it's pink and yellow. Oh yeah, I don't know if anyone wouldn't know what Battenberg cake is, but it's a cake that is pink and yellow in squares. <laughs> also, I made a hat. Hooray! I made a dye pyramid hat, which is the it's from issue twenty three. Mm -hmm. Lovely kind of color work hat, kind of triangly. Um, I'm making like cool hand movements that yep. no one else apart from Sophie can see. I feel like you have to excuse us if we're a little out of practice because I think we are a little bit out of practice, but. Yeah, it's been a while. Not about talking about yarn, but talking <laughs> about yarn into a microphone. <laughs> um, and I made it in Brooklyn Tweed Arbor in a kind of lovely purple colour and a rusty orange. It does look like some cool Austin Powers hat because of the purple and orange. Yeah, and I've got like a sort of mustard yellow coat at the moment. It's all yeah. pretty... Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's a great hat, though. It's keeping my head real warm. Well, there we go. It reminds me of... Uh, this probably made the edit. I used to have braces and you could choose what colour the little bits that yeah, like stuck to your teeth. Um, no, like, no, yeah, like the metal bit that stuck to your teeth, they basically had a tiny bit of plastic that they fitted in. And I used to choose like purple and orange like colour combos or like each time have a crazy colour combo. Do you feel like purple was my favourite colour when I was a teenager and then I hated it for ages and mm. now I'm back into it as discussed repeatedly over the past couple of years? 
Mm. Um, an orange, rusty orange is like a new obsession. Oh boy, I am all about the rusty orange right now. Yeah. My hat, my take out hat I wear, and my oh, yeah, big all. shawl is like rusty orange. Mm. And my mitts at the moment, they're kind of browny, reddy orange. That's anyway, true, it's a big colour in the things, Sophie world. All these things you cannot see, but we'll put on the <laughs> blog. Um, okay, excellent. Well, like, now that we're back on track with Tell and Tell, right, next yeah. month, yeah. we'll. We won't have to do such a like backlog. Yeah. Um, and we'll also maybe have started some things from the spring issue. Who knows? I'd like that. I already got some planned, and we'll tell you about them next episode. We will. And don't forget, you can uh, join in with our knit-alongs mm-hmm. on the on the Ravelry. Yeah. <laughs> we we're doing a lot of plugging for the groups in Ravelry, but how else are we going to chat to you guys? I know we want to see pictures of the things you make mm-hmm. and talk about them. So yeah, come join in. You can enter any pom pom projects. Uh, that haven't already been entered. Uh, So we look forward to seeing what you guys are making. reviewing the wool kitchen yarn so here it is you can't see it i just <laughs> i can it, i just held it up to the microphone just for you guys so oh this is delicious we have uh, some of the wool kitchen bfl superwash it's you know it's a nice honest uh, workhorse dk oh, um, so nice. superwash 100 grams 200 meters you guys you know what i'm on about here it's a dk did you already say that it's a dk <laughs> <laughs> um so um i guess like we've definitely we've talked about the whole kitchen before. She sponsored. She sponsored before, yeah. and um, I don't know. Did we talk about the amazing Vara T-shirt that Gail made in Wool Kitchen? Maybe we'd have to try and get a picture of that. Yeah. Gail, who works for, um, who also is a, a pom cat working in Austin with Megan, she made an amazing Vara tea, which is a kind of summery tea from uh, issue seventeen in Wool Kitchen yarn, and it's like really beautiful, kind of purple variegated and looks all like lovely watercolory and painted mm-hmm. but i'm going off topic we should talk about the wool we have here well the wool we have here the color is called uh dark side of ziggy and first of all i just want to talk about the base because swatching with this i think it's been a while since i've knit with a bfl and there's just something so satisfying about a lovely good quality pure bfl which is what this is mm. it's just kind of plump it's luscious it's not too kind of not too soft, it kind of has a little bit of toothiness to it, but yeah. it's still like luxurious and I just found it so satisfying. I went for a 4.5, maybe a little bit bigger than what you'd go for for a DK, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to give it that sp- space to kind of feel a bit more plumptious when you knit with it. Yeah. L- Lily's giving it a squeeze plumptious. now. Do you know what I mean? I like the word plumptious. Uh, yes, I like how BFL is sort of woolly. It feels more like tradi- like it's crunchier than merino, obviously. Sure. Uh, so it's got more like. Um, yeah, it holds its kind of woolly shape better, but it's mm. still quite, it's not um, like floofy. Yeah. It's still uh, quite smooth. Right. So we're in love with the base, but the real treat that comes with this yarn is the colour. And this is just kaleidoscopic. That's a really good description. Well, in the skein, you have this really intense 
Uh, if you've ever seen Into the Wall Kitchen yarn skeined, you kind of have like a, a darker area and then you get this wonderful, you know what I call to the yarn bum, where the skein <laughs> has been like folded in half yeah. and you get the curved bit of the skein. <laughs> I like a yarn bum. Um, that is like the, that's where the party's happening. And that's where you get like the little zips of colour. Right, exactly. So this is, you know, you've got your neon greens, you've got your pinks, you've got your lilacs, just like soft, uh, like pale lilacs in there. This is amazing turquoise. It is just, you know, it's like David Bowie was in a skate, right? And in the um, sponsor message that we read earlier, uh, it says, embrace the colour. Right. And I think you can't help but want to embrace this colour. I think knitting this on, you know, a kind of wintry grey day, as it was, uh, it just made me happy. You know, mm. I think Helen, who is the wool kitchen, mm. uh, she does colour very well and she does colour for people to, like, enjoy. Yeah, and the names, like, the colours are, you know... They're really exciting, but the names just add. You can kind of really get into where her inspiration came right. from, and yeah, that she's makes got it even one. more fun. She's got like a, a Frida Kahlo one, which mm. is fun, and this there's one called Starman because you know she loves loves a bit of David Bowie, <laughs> don't we all? Um, yeah, so there's, there's that knitability of a color that's so like poppy and zippy, like you keep wanting to see what each stitch's going to come out as, you know? Yeah, you're having a little squeeze there again. I am. It's very exciting. And also, uh, I've just I've wound this. I used a, a skein winder. What would you call that? Ball I have a hand wound it, a ball winder. Mm. So it's kind of in a little cake, and you get to appreciate all the the crisscross of colour. And it's, oh, it's, it's making me very happy. It's very exciting. Did you have any ideas about what you would maybe make with this? Well, when the uh, when the yarn arrived, I was thinking because I'd seen her Helen's version of the Zazzy Cow, Zazzy Cow, which is in issue twenty one, mm-hmm. and I thought fun because that's using Ooh. yarns together it's by animals and you kind of have um, a zigzaggy kind of effect it's using uh anna's i suppose painted or signature technique mm. which is marile marile yeah Marlo. uh using like yarns together to create like an interesting like mild ferale effect mm-hmm. i thought oh that would be good it'd be fun like a skein that i want to use for like a little signature accessory mm. and it, yeah i think mixing it with um a solid color mm-hmm could be a, a good way to go. But then equally, you could just have like the best hat ever. Exactly, yeah. Like just like a really exciting, brightly coloured hat. And then people would be able to pick you out in a crowd. Yeah. No probs. Well, if you want to be picked out of a crowd <laughs> or uh, similar, then you should enter our competition because thanks to the Wool Kitchen, we have two skeins to give away. So we have the colour which we were just talking about, which is Dark Side Ziggy. And we have one skein of Runner, which is a... Neon, yellowy green, Ooh. acidic, uh, like high vis safety jacket kind of color. Yes, which and that is a great with. name because I think I didn't understand that name at first, and now right. I understand it's because you're high vis running, you know, oh safety first. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> so if you want to enter that competition and you are listening to within, you know, a hair's breadth of the actual time this mm-hmm. podcast is published, go to the Pom Pom website, pompommag.com, and click on podcast or blog. You can find all the details about the show and how to enter. And what a treat, we have a second thing to review. What? Yeah, so, weave this, Lydia. <laughs> Better believe it. I'm a believer. <laughs> That's just one of many puns that we, uh, <laughs> we love in this book. So this is a book uh, by Francesca Kletz and Brooke Dennis of the London Loom, who, funnily enough, are our interviewees for this podcast. They are, and you might remember the London Loom... Um from Pomfest, mm-hmm. if you uh, were around at all, 
they were part of our um, like knit night of the night before Pomfest started. It was the night before Pomfest. And in fact, um, Brooke of London Loom took part in uh, in Pomcast Live. Oh yeah, (laughs) winding the ball challenge, wasn't she? Yes, she was. Um, But sorry, yes. So London. Okay, so they wrote a book. So London Loom is uh, like a drop-in. Uh, weaving space, you know, mm-hmm. you can go do workshops there. And uh, this book is available for pre-order at the time of this podcast going out. Its uh, release date is the 22nd of February. If you're in London, they're having a cool release party at their studios, mm-hmm. which I've got in my diary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> it's just around the corner from ours as well, yeah, so it's exactly. very convenient. Yes. So the book is 30 Projects for the Modern Weaver. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd call myself a modern weaver. Yes, I had to think about it. <laughs> the answer was yeah. <laughs> um, and this is all obviously very exciting for me because uh, if you've listened to the podcast... I'm not saying <laughs> If you've listened to the podcast over the last year or so, uh, you may remember that I acquired uh, a rigid heddle loom. Around this time last year, actually. Mm-hmm. And I oh, yeah, it was like your of... Christmas present to yourself. Yes, it was. Yeah. I am nice to myself, aren't I? Well, it's like I know exactly what I want, so it's like really well spent. Um, And I made several scarves and I really loved it. Uh, And so it was very fortuitous that the London Loom then opened up just around the corner. Yeah. I remember how excited you were. You were like, oh my God. (laughs) Weaving godmothers have come around. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so we've been very lucky to get a sort of sneak peek at this book. Yep. Um, Sophie, what do you think? Well... One thing you'll realise about these gals, which will become very clear in the interview in mere moments, is how fun they are. And that really shines through in the book, like their personality and their like love of the craft, but also, you know, they have a lot of fun with it. Mm. Uh, the special note to all the puns they've included, mm-hmm. which is uh, just a smattering of them, just to pick out some of my favourite. Uh, loom with a view, uh, Daydream Beweaver, uh, the dark side of the loom. The Illuminati. <laughs> you can see why this appeals to Sophie. Ombre 3000. <laughs> That's a very clever one. Oh boy. <laughs> I got too excited. So I can't... <laughs> Tiny Tim. Uh, you're un- unbelievable. And The Shade of It All, which is about a lampshade project. The shade of it all. Shade of it all. Um, yes. So, I mean, if you're, buying it, if you're buying it just on the textile puns alone, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, as Sophie said, um, Francesca and Brooke are, like, a lot of fun. And you'll see, if you've sort of seen pictures of the London Loom, you'll see it's, like, really colourful. Uh, and they really just embrace making and just having a go. Mm. Um, and their studio is all about kind of just getting people started you know it doesn't have to be hugely complicated i think they they try and be very inclusive mm-hmm. you know have kids coming along to do workshops mm-hmm. and trying to get more guys involved and uh, they do all sorts of other workshops in their space as well so if you are in london it's worth this isn't strictly yeah, a review but it's worth checking out the space um you know because i don't know about you guys but i really like crafts and making things <laughs> <laughs> they do too um so if you're kind of looking Maybe maybe you're not quite ready to buy a rigid heddle loom. Sure. Um, like I did, just, you know, chucking yourself in over the deep end. Um, there are instructions in the book to use, like, tapestry looms mm-hmm. and to make kind of nice, achievable, 
because they're like things that you might actually want to use around your home, like a lampshade, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Um, as well as like kind of making fun stuff to hang on your walls. Yes, they do the decorative thing. Yeah, I want to make clear, even though they're having a lot of fun, there's a lot of funny stuff. Is it is a project book which mm. you can follow the very comprehensive kind of instructions, but mm-hmm. they have fun with it. They put silly titles in. Yeah, and like really great clear photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think it's something that if you haven't, I mean. I'm hardly a master weaver, but especially if you haven't had a go yet and you're like, but what is weave? Yeah. Uh, or even if you have, because actually I've not done the kind of weaving that's in that book, so mm. it's like a whole new Yeah, they have some world. interesting stuff about like um, doing like curves and all kind of tasseling and different mm. kind of knots, which are really interesting. Um, also an interesting point I really liked about, um, they talk about the tools you need and they have a reference to yarn, sort of like an informative, like mm. these are different kind of fibres. But they don't really extensively go into like a supply list or like you should buy this for this mm. project. Um, they encourage people to, you know, get stuff from a charity shop or like route through what they could have already. And they mm. give an instruction of how to sort of make T-shirt yarn and stuff. They're very pro recycling or using what is there already, mm. which is what's in their studio. They have lots of stuff that's been donated or is like, you know, industry runoff, like end of line kind of things. Yeah. I just thought that was like a refreshing refreshing feature of the book definitely yeah and it might make it seem a bit less daunting if you're like oh god but i've already got i've already you know spent all my christmas money on right. this wool for a jumper i'm making and it's like it's okay there's probably just like other stuff you can yeah. use and then you will have uh nice things looming yeah like, oh. do you know what this looming what our interview that we recorded <laughs> is with... it illuminating yes illuminating <laughs> yes with francesca and brooke um, so yes, uh, it actually starts with our little loom lesson. So this is us having a go on loom. Uh, Amy and me for the first time, properly? Yeah. And... Well, it was the first time that I'd used that kind of, you know, a pe- with, okay. uh, with pedals. Oh, pedal loom. Is that the pedal Well, no, I don't think it is. Okay. But, um, uh, with more than one heddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry for my lack of technical knowledge here, guys. <laughs> um, but for all of us, it was a fairly new experience. And Francesco and Brooke were really lovely about letting us come round and just play yeah. basically it just have a little go lovely start uh, to a morning to go and do that and we'll put pictures of what we wove on the blog so you can have a look just a quick note before we start the interview there's uh the language is slightly fruitier than it normally might be fresh and fruity yeah um so if there are any people around who you would rather uh didn't hear slightly fruity language then perhaps pop headphones in or Maybe listen another time. So, if you take a seat, um, you know a lot about knitting, obviously. Um, <laughs> a tiny bit. A tiny bit. Um, and there's, so you know, there's like a slight difference between like knitted cloth and woven cloth. And knitted mm-hmm. cloth is like a has more give and yes. woven cloth is a little bit more structured. Mm-hmm. So on a woven piece of cloth, you will have your two intercepting threads, you'll have your warp thread and your weft thread. So these looms are relatively simple mm-hmm. um, and they do something called plain weave, which means that every warp, every other warp thread will go up or down and it will kind of just be right. like, um, it will just intercept as you go um, through, as, mm-hmm. you, as you weave. Yeah. Um, and there are, you know, obviously options to make to have looms that have a lot more shafts and bits and pieces mm-hmm. so that it's not just two pedals, but we just have these two pedal looms. Um, so your um, warp is threaded up with a white cotton. Mm-hmm. It's really good for beginners' classes. It's very sturdy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a go, if you put your foot down on one of the pedals to begin with. Ooh, this metal bit in the middle is the yeah. lock. Okay. Hold the loom together, so just ignore that. Yeah, exactly. So you'll see it. So you go up and down 
then like different mm -hmm. threads will kind of go up and down. Yes. And that will be how you kind of like track your weft thread. So that's your warp thread. And our kind of rule in the studio is just not to cut your warp thread, basically. Right. So, um, and yeah, you might have some inconsistencies with how it's threaded up. Um, that's just our mistake of how we threaded something up. Yeah. But then we tie it, we kind of tend not to let people get hung up on those things. People yeah. are like, there are three joined together and we're like, it's a scar, it's natural, don't worry about yeah. it. Um, so yeah, so the first thing you need to do is pick your first yarn, um, uh, the weft thread wool. Mm -hmm. um, but I would pick something that's kind of like a DK weight or like a little bit finer than DK weight, like this kind of thing. Yeah. Or um, anything like this or this kind of so thing this is perfect. Like a nice yeah. yellow kind of cotton. That's cotton, yeah. This is like um, um, yeah. colourful thing. Nothing too fine or too okay. thick. Ooh, what about this guy? Yeah. Is that quite thick? No, that one's fine. Cool, okay. I'm gonna go for this classic lady colour. Can I do <laughs> midway swaps if I cut? You and definitely then... can do that, yeah. yeah. The, you can just pop them up here and yeah, that yeah. becomes like a palette, essentially. Ooh. Okay, so. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. So, um, this is your bobbin. And the idea to begin with is just to trap your yarn onto your bobbin by mm -hmm. catching the tail just like that. Just so that you can kind of transfer it onto your bobbin winder and it's not going to come off straight away. Got it. And then the idea is you're going to, with your left hand, you're going to go left and right. And with your bobbin winder, you're going to go round like that. Yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it has a mind of its own. have to control it. So that's probably about enough. So it doesn't look like very much, but what we tend to say is like, to, especially to begin with, we always try to use like a little bit, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you can use as much of something as you want. You can use the whole thing. Maybe sure. you just use one thing for yeah, the yeah, yeah. but just to be economical with the yarn. So we put it onto the boat shuttle like that, put the hole into the front, um, the thread into yeah. the hole in front, and snap it into place, and then you're ready to weave. <laughs> so if you put your foot down on the first pedal, it doesn't really matter which one. Yeah, done. You're gonna put your boat. Oh, put it on there. Put your boat shuttle through and keep hold of your tail. Yeah. And then push it through and collect it on the other side. Go through, please. Yeah. All the way through, just like that. And then um, swap feet. <laughs> Let go of the tail and then bring your comb read all the way forward and back. Perfect. And now you can go through again. Ooh. Through again. Yep. Yeah. So just through there. Exactly. <laughs> and so. Oops. See, I'm doing it again. That's it. <laughs> so as you, yeah, exactly. Put it all the way through, and then put it through. Swap feet, comb weave forward and back, and then you can go through again. Perfect. So that's comb weave. So just keep going with that one. Yeah. And correcting your salvages as you go. Yeah. And when you finish that bobbin, I'll show you a little bit. Like show you the yarn. Mm. Okay. Okay, so we, meaning me, Sophie, Hi. and Amy, <laughs> Amy and we're Emma. all um, at the London Loom, which is very conveniently just around the corner from Pom Pom HQ London, with the two lovely people who run the London Loom, who I'm going to allow to introduce themselves so that you can <laughs> figure out who's who. Okay, so I'm going to indicate with hands. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm Francesca. I... I'm one of the people <laughs> that runs the London Loom. Do I have to signal with a hand now? No, no, no. <laughs> and I'm Brooke, and I'm the other London Loom. Hooray! Yeah. So, who? I guess 
What is the London Loo, if people don't know? Yeah, question one. Tell the people. We started off as a freestyle, what we decided to call a freestyle weaving studio, um, which is basically just that we do beginners weaving classes on floor looms and on tapestry looms. But now we've kind of, we do lots of craft classes as well. So we do those kind of classes and we do lots of alternative craft classes as well. When you say alternative... Oh, <laughs> do tell us more because I know a little bit about some of those. Things. They should be. Uh... <laughs> I wonder which ones we should talk about. Is this an eighteen plus? Yeah, uh, this podcast? is fine. You can be uh, lewd. Um, well, I guess the thing is, is that we. The London yeah, this is the London lewd. That's actually what we should call it in the evening. Um, because so we we do our weaving classes in the day, and then we do craft classes um, in the evening that are just basically things like that we couldn't find in other places. They're not just like regular crochet classes and stuff. We So one of the things we do is like, for example, we have a jewelry making class that we've designed ourselves where we've designed lots of like cool geometric like perspex beads in different colors that we can add pom-poms onto and stuff. And we've designed some pretty, if I do say so myself, cool ones. I think I've um, seen some pictures and I agree. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks, Ben. I concur. <laughs> they are cool. And then, but then the one that I guess like you were talking about is that we do <laughs> something that we call membroidery, which is like genital, like genital embroidery. So you're, which people always go, I have to embroider on my genitals. <laughs> and they're like, yes, no, we're yeah. you to embroider. Yeah, they're surgically approved <laughs> needles and threads. So don't worry, DMC Embroidery Floss is actually sponsored by, by the um, that it's just um, so we encourage people to kind of go and have bring a picture or take go to the bathroom take a little snap or take a hand mirror and have a little embroider of their own member <laughs> and um, I think it, it started off as kind of like a get to know your body people don't know what bits are bits and so we did it once the first class we ever did together where we did like a vagina embroidery because it was all women and um, it was just kind of like that's actually not your vagina, that's your vulva. But let's embroider it anyway, so it's kind of more of a vulva <laughs> embroidery class because that's what you can see. So there you go. <laughs> but there are others, there are other things too. Pom-poms and other fun things, which we also incorporate genitals in sometimes, so there you go. <laughs> um, I'm, just as a quick aside, actually, I've just realised that some people may recognise Brooke from um, your guest starring appearance at Pomfest Live. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't win. And she didn't. Oh, but actually, yeah, yeah. do you know what, Rick, what did happen is that we, I, me, won um, a pom-pom maker in my kit and it revolutionised the way that we made pom-poms. And They're good, aren't they, pom-pom That's pom so great. And now we've got 45 of them there in the studio. There we go. <laughs> I know, because yeah. people always... So this is a conversation I've had before. People are like, pom-pom makers, but you can just use cardboard. And you're like, no. yeah, you can. Next level. But then you like, have yeah. to... Like, sure, if you're just making one pom-pom. Yeah. Sure. What if you want to make many, many pom-poms, for exactly. example? Then yeah. you want something sturdier. Yeah. Reuse. So speedy. And these whole books dedicated to designing pom-poms. So they were like oh, ices yeah. and ice creams. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a few of them. Got them <laughs> so We've got, got them all. You've got like a spooky eye on your Halloween decorations. Yeah, got them off the Pinterest. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Off the Pinterest. I yeah. like that. Off the interwebs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. We've gone pom-pom mad. It probably is just, it's all spawned it's all from spawned that. It's all spawned from that. Starring that was a moment. great evening, yeah. Yeah, I filmed the entire, the <laughs> yeah. entirety of Brooke's appearance on stage. It was 
we were pretty hopped up on knitting. It I was know, great. That's how I am at making balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> making them, whatever else. <laughs> that's the moment's only club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, making balls is another late night. It's a different yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's related to the other one. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> so you guys, um, before London Loom, you both existed. No. <laughs> what were you doing? Hardly. <laughs> Just about. You were birthed out of a loom. Then, uh... <laughs> we were woven together. Like... Oh. <laughs> uh, or like, what were like you to weaving and teaching other people to weave and make pom-poms and so on? Um, <laughs> we're like looking at each other. You go first. Um, okay, well, uh, we, um, in, amongst other crafts that we were doing, I started tapestry weaving only a few years ago and I was living abroad and when I came back to England I wanted to find a proper weaving class um like a so I could learn to weave on a loom because I love knitting but I'm not like super good at making like patterns in my knitting so I wanted to use something like a loom to make it easier and then I just couldn't find anything that suited what I wanted um and I went to um my sister lives in Tokyo and I went to go visit her and I was looking for stuff to do while she was at work. And I found a weaving studio where they use the looms that we use, because um, they're Japanese. And I did a five hour class, I made a scarf, and I just thought it was so fun. And me and Brooke have been kind of looking for an excuse to get away, because we met teaching craft classes mm-hmm. um, for other people, and parties and things. And um, so I kind of came back, and I was like, I think I found the thing that we want to do that's like different from what we've been doing. Um, and we bought a loom and then I went to New York to train um, with the Japanese studio there and stole all the odors <laughs> and made them better, made them better. And um, because they have so many amazing textile studios in mm-hmm. New York that are just like things that we don't have here. And I just kind of, and kids go to them and they have after school programs and they're nearly like widely followed and we just don't have anything like that here. So that was sort of the beginning. And Brooke, what about you? What's your background? I studied fashion in New Zealand when I was a young child and then I came here three years ago and I've got two kids so I had to work like regular hours so I worked um, Saturdays teaching crafts for hens parties which was um, pretty exciting because I got free bows (laughs) and it just made me work better I believe and actually now when we do our late night classes we always start the class with a Craig David which is a shot of tequila and a shot of pineapple juice so that's, that delicious. that's the only right. thing I've brought from oh my, my old job through to my new job now. So yeah, tequila. And all those trimmings we stole. What? <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, Francesca and I met teaching at the same place. And um, yeah, that's the rest of history, they say. Famous. Mm, yeah. Because I think I happened on you guys when you had a much smaller space on Hackney Road. Yeah. And I did exactly what you were saying people do earlier. I just like walked in. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh look. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually remember <laughs> you coming in so well. Yeah. Because I remember at the time being like cool gold boots. <laughs> and like every single time I've seen you since I've been like cool great gold. boots. <laughs> I'm really worried that one day these boots will um and I will not have any friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's like how they used to have the boots. Yeah, I like you're more than the boots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Only time will tell. <laughs> Hanging on to them. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I was really pleased to find out that you guys were nearby, and then of course you were involved in Pomfest, yeah. which was really great. And then this morning, 
while we first started uh, talking to you guys, we've been uh, tying knots in little pieces of weaving. Yes. <laughs> and what beautiful pieces of weaving they are. We feel very clever. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. We're all just yeah. kind of like touching. pressing them and touching them. <laughs> like, yes, they've made a thing. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, Sophie and Amy, impressions of doing weaving? Uh, it's good. I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it, actually. I'm going to go so far as to say I love it. Oh. Uh, Amy? I love it too. <laughs> Um, it's almost like they're next to us. Yeah. <laughs> Say something bad about it. <laughs> well, no, but I guess so because like I've done a little bit of weaving on a rigid heddle loom, which is quite different actually. It sort of didn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know about prepare. It does feel like quite a different sort of thing. Mm. Um, but I guess all of us do knitting, so we're kind of familiar to working with textiles. But I think it is very different weaving than knitting. Sophie looks like she has thoughts. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be easier, but I mean, it's just yeah. a great teaching that I've had. <laughs> You're too kind, but it's true. <laughs> it's satisfying to have something so quickly. Yeah. yeah. And being able to yeah, play with sure. colours, I think one of the nice things mm. that you sort of introduce, like, okay, make a chunk of fabric, and you're like, okay, great, now go, because you've got this amazing, you, behind it you can't see, but we'll take a photo for the blog, uh, loads of cones of colours, and being able to think, like, I'll put this, like, lime green next to this pink to be able to introduce all these different bits. I think that's a really nice immediate way to play with the colours. For sure. I think that it, it's really nice for us because our looms are so easy for beginners to use. And when I first had my first ever like technical weaving classes in London with different um, like proper like like traditional weavers, it was like difficult because you're focusing so much on how to thread the loom, how to make patterns, how what things you're lifting up at what time. Our looms are so simple and like being able to as like you know, people who knit, you know, being able to use lots of different weights of yarn and different mm. cloth and different fibres all next to each other is really exciting because you're kind of painting rather oh, than, yeah, like, totally. doing something technical. I mean, what's been the response from, like, <coughs> people that you've had interested in? Is it just, like, textile people or just, like, a huge range? And I suppose not a lot of people have had access to a loom before. It's no. not really, like, a household object. Yeah, although we do have a lot of people walking away being like, I need to get one of these. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, yeah, well, it's not that... Simple. <laughs> like, they're quite expensive. They're quite expensive, and we've done a lot of the hard work for you, so essentially, yeah. we just want people. So, the idea is that you just come in and just sit down and, and do it. Just do it. My tagline. Yeah. Um, hey, you should not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Heaps of people into no trouble ever. Lost a train of thought now. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, people people love it. Our demographic is, is women who uh, love. Kind of crafts and doing things mm. with their own hands. There are a lot of people that um, come because their colleagues or friends have come and been like, "Look what I made." Anyway, yeah, a lot of birthday presents is a really good idea to come with a mother mm. or a stepmom because mm. you're spending time with them, but you don't necessarily have to talk to them. <laughs> um, and you're doing something that's tactile and it's really satisfying and really therapeutic and relaxing. So it's really lovely to see parents and children work together mm. as well because it's um, it's a level playing field. They're both learning the same skill at the same time. Yet the child often is um, much quicker at picking it up, but also produces just the amount, same amount of cloth, and often they don't have any inhibitions with colour choices, mm. and they don't double doubt themselves, so they produce a lot of cloth, and it's yeah, awesome to see a child and a mother, or a father, actually, fathers are great, come yeah. in with a child. <laughs> yeah, boys as well, great to have boys on the loom, because it's, it's a piece of machinery as well, mm. so they kind of like that aspect. Um, yeah, just putting them next to each other, and just being like, you guys both started at the same point, none of you are at an advantage, and that's really special, because we don't have I've got kids, so I'm always better at them than everything, because I've had practice, but at this particular craft, they're even, and it's really lovely to see 
the kids being like just yeah. that boost yeah. of I can do that too just right. like them yeah and That's I think awesome. we always find it really nice that like we always find parents coming in and like tell kids not to touch stuff and we're really like not precious about the stuff mm. in the room so we love doing like mixed ability group workshops and stuff but also like when kids come in it's like they're just it's just yarn like they're allowed to touch it like it's not gonna break you know like so unless like kids come in and like grab hold of the looms and <laughs> shake it and they throw all of the bobbins on the floor and we're like please don't do that <laughs> but that doesn't really happen but yeah so it's really nice because yeah kids are just they're allowed to touch stuff and yeah. I think most craft studios in London where you teach adults it's like for adults and mm. I think that's great and obviously like that's why part of the reason why we have our late night crafts as well which are definitely 18 plus but like <laughs> in the day it's like you know it's so nice to have it mixed yeah so I know that also you have like little kits I don't yeah, oh, yeah yeah like the tapestry weaving kits as well do you so you do classes as well for tapestry weaving which is how you got into weaving yeah yeah for sure so that's one of our late night classes but we do that one every month so we do mm. every month our tapestry weaving because the tapestry weaving is much like slower and more technical you really need to like have a two-hour lesson so you can learn how to do all the bits whereas like the freestyle weaving people can kind of drop in and out because as you saw the lesson is like 10 minutes long and yeah that um but so for the tapestry weaving we sell kits but also we do the class so yeah. the class happens for two hours in the evening and the following week we'll have something that's called a tapestry club where people can bring their looms back and just use our yarns because we have over 400 yarns in the mm -hmm. studio so it's really nice for people to come back with their projects because tapestry is a lot slower as well and it kind of gives people an excuse to have like a kind of group that they part of so yeah we were talking a lot about the kind of craft world in general mm. uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know how to word that this without time, making yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um because i think what you guys are doing that's really nice is craft that feels very non-gender specific even though as you're saying you get probably more yeah women and young girls than you do guys but it does feel quite kind of gender neutral sure um and very kind of open access in terms of age um and ability and so on um i'm not entirely sure what my question is i guess just whether that was a very conscious choice and if so why Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, That's what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> well, because when we started teaching, we were working in a space where the craft was the the add-on community kind mm -hmm. of group activity, and we were like, no, we, this is worth its own weight in itself. And so we were like, we're not serving tea, we're not cake, we're not hostesses. You're here to learn a craft, and mm -hmm. we've got the technical ability to do that. Let's cut out all of that nonsense, because um, I think a lot of people associate cake and tea with craft. It. <laughs> Wait, yes. something that's, yeah, that's I, I do too. I like yeah. all of those things. Um, but but they also, also have cake and tea on a building site. Thanks this is much. true. And it's <laughs> just three o'clock, you know, yeah. <laughs> not because you're knitting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And we just we were just very aware that that was something that we wanted to cut. We wanted to make very clear that that was not something that we were going to offer. Mm -hmm. We're not going to bake your cakes. <laughs> I'll bake French cheesecake, French, but um, yeah, we're not going and to I'll do eat it. it. <laughs> um, and we just we were very aware that. Uh, traditional craft places because we've worked in them um we're quite specifically designed there's lots of floral there's mm -hmm. lots of um flag bunting there's mm -hmm. lots of gentle kind words um a lot of pastel and we were just like nah we want pink and we want orange and we want yellow and we want it all together and yeah. we want we want everything to be bright and colorful that was our kind of shtick yeah and i think also because we 
love crafting and we're draw- like so we've always been drawn to places that have the rose bud flag bunting because mm. like we like to make stuff but I think we've always just been like disappointed that like yeah but where's the neon like where's the fluorescent <laughs> green like what you know and it's like just because and I think then it's like really we've spent a lot of time sourcing out the like cool yarns or whatever mm. because that's what people actually like to use when they come mm. here like they're not looking for like pastels and I think that if you market I think we've had a lot of this with like back and forth with different kind of people that we've worked with as well like if we market something just to crafters they'll buy it if they like they'll want to do it Mm. they won't care if it's got pale pink or whatever it's just that that's the trend that's been given Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like infantilizes craft and stuff and I think that we were always like actually if you just show like yarn and this and this is what you're doing and this is a machine anyone who likes making stuff with their hands will be interested in it and Mm -hmm. I think that like also our studio is pretty we try to make it as neutral as possible where Mm -hmm. we just have weaving on the wall and like it's as kind I mean there's lots of like neons and stuff but like the walls are just white we don't have like you know any flags up or whatever and I think it's like no flags I'm like (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) (laughs) I took it down I took it down (laughs) Um, now that you are the hung parliament I took it down so I know loads about the New Zealand uh, government now because uh, that's why I'm, I'm paying attention but um but yeah, because I think we wanted people to come in and be just in cut. Like it, people just look at the wall of mm. yarns because they're like, that's what they want to touch, that's what they want to play with, and like, yeah, that's just yeah. it's we such also, a big thing for us. Like we, <laughs> we also get people coming in who aren't crafters. This is yeah. the thing. Mm. Yeah. We're we're attracting people because of our color palette, and people are like, what's that? I want to go, and then after mm. we explain to them, it's bloody easy. They yeah. they join. So we have a lot of people, like our friends, our mm. intimate, you know, mm-hmm. our intimate circle of friends. Um, this isn't their thing at yeah, all, at, sure. at all, and yet they will come and be like, oh, that was amazing, like, I love touching that, I love yeah. making that, so not only are we trying to target the crafters, because we are sisters with them, mm. we're also trying to target people who are just like, I just want to do something for myself, or yeah. I just want to get back to doing something with my hands, yeah. Um, sure. so yeah. Yeah, and it's so simple that I think people find it so satisfying, because you can just make something straight away, and you are making actual cloth and like mm. learning about what that means and yeah. like you know and the differences between different fibers and using your kind of hand-eye coordination and your brain to kind of figure out how to make something mm. which I think is so mm. and also I think that it's interesting because like we definitely have a bigger demographic of women for sure but we do get men in like we yeah. and it's un you know like we like to tell people we have a hundred percent male walk-in rate yes yeah. <laughs> all two of the <laughs> two people of that have walked in and taken a lesson straight away have been men so yeah. and on men on yeah. their own so yeah. and, <laughs> and our last yeah, step that's, yeah. that's, that's science yeah, yeah. yeah. that's science there. <laughs> there my friend is that's what we call yarn science yeah, yeah. so but like um yeah but like also and our membroidery class like our gentle embroidery mm. class last week we had three men i think out of 15 mm. people which is might not sound like a lot but it was like we saw a lot of dicks yeah. <laughs> that was cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were well into it. Yeah, they were well into it. And they did really well. And yeah, like, and it's nice for the female to... Oh, I'm going to be gender-specific now. Uh, for the female to be like, hey, man, come to my thing that would be traditionally thought of mm. as a female craft. We get taken on to shitty football games and stuff. like, Or, you know, to these things that we don't necessarily want to go to. Mm. And it's so nice for a man to come and be like, oh, no, this is great. Like, totally yeah. do this yeah. again. And yeah. I think it's you been... Like football. 
Yeah. You're like a good footballer. Yeah. 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 You're like weaving too now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can weave your own football scarf. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you could probably knit yours, you know. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> weave it. Uh, weave weaving it instead. Weaving be quicker. So. <coughs> yeah. You can weave it in time for the match. Am I right, guys? Is that, <laughs> is that football terminology? I just don't know. Do you, do you find when people come here who have, like, very little kind of textile background that making bits of cloth I don't know, I feel like it might change people's uh, relationship to clothes, to the mm, clothes they for wear. For sure, for sure. That's all I've got to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, because we, we, um, we have a vegan market next door, maybe we, oh. and um, we have a lot of vegans there, actually, and um, one of the things that we're really passionate about is the sustainability, mm. and specifically wool, and the fibres mm-hmm. and the content, and the just beautiful qualities of wool. Um, and so we like to have debacles with these uh, vegans about why they should actually be using wool and um, how using acrylic, which is great because it's not from an animal, mm. is actually really bad for the yeah. environment and it's really yeah. bad to wear and it's absor- it sucks all the moisture. Like, we could just go on for ages about how great wool was mm. um, and how even cotton and linens, just all the water that is used to process this stuff. Right. So like we, we love teaching people about that that kind of aspect mm-hmm. of why we use these fibres um, in, in what we teach. For sure. For sure. And I think we've always had one of the things that we've always that we've still building up to because we've mm. only been open for nine months. We have well, almost ten months now, so we haven't like got to that point yet. But we've always wanted to um, create like an after school program mm-hmm. where kids come because you can you know you can plan whole projects on these looms and make a jacket or whatever. And obviously because Brooke's got like this background of selling garment construction and this knows what she's doing. Um, we want kids to come and make whole projects and like learn a bit about like fast fashion and mm-hmm. how long it actually takes you to make a jacket or how long it takes to put something together and you know just recognize that we shouldn't mm. be able to get clothes that are really yeah. really cheap for nothing but really easily and like and throw them away and are made of nothing yeah. so yeah that's definitely something that we're pretty interested in in terms of yeah yeah um, did you make the cardigan you're wearing? I did it's it was nice. the first cardigan I made <laughs> thanks it's merino New yeah, Zealand Merino. Yeah. <laughs> Representing. Represent. <laughs> and it's green. The green party is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. thinking about that this morning when I was getting dressed and I was like, I'm not wearing anything I've knitted. I'm not going to be able to show off. And then I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to see anything I've knitted. Just probably for the best. Yeah, I know. I should have been <laughs> a turban. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our studio. <laughs> Um, so what would be the future plans for London Loom then? Oh, funny you ask. <laughs> no, um, well, just like I was saying about the after school programs with kids and getting people to learn how to do projects, that's always been the idea is that our looms are pretty like adjustable and mm-hmm. so you can take the whole like kind of the innards of the loom out so you can store people's projects away. Mm-hmm. So we just haven't gotten to the point yet where we've been able to buy enough equipment and like plan a proper course for people yeah. to do it but the idea is really that like because I think a lot of people some not a lot but some people come and they're like so what do you what do you do with the cloth you know mm-hmm. like and we don't want it people to produce more stuff that's disposable right. we want people to produce stuff that's like useful um and so you know this is actual cloth you can sew it you can make accessories with it cushions whatever and and also you know I should say as well like a lot of our yarns not like a lot of our yarns are millens and stuff mm-hmm. stuff that like is kind of almost being recycled mm-hmm. because it's not being used anymore so the idea would be that people can come and make you know come for a couple of weeks whatever and make like a skirt or a jacket or whatever and so that you've seen the whole kind of 
you know, essence of what it is to recycle textiles from like getting it from a mill end all the way to someone reusing it to making something. And so that's the thing that I think we're going to start planning when we've gotten all of our Christmas stuff ready. Fine. Well, I'm pretty happy with my table mat that I made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not about skirt, but... <laughs> yeah. You can attach it as like a sparring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what are you wearing underneath your sparring? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. It's actually not big enough to even cover. And it's like, we can tell. It's just an embroidered... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Being able to kind of come back and make something bigger sounds very of interest to me yeah yes. for example well, first we just yeah. needed to see if people wanted us around and it seems like they do yeah and so now that we've got that feedback we can yeah. start planning stuff based on our 10 months of statistics yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so coming at you next year we'll be like well ready yeah <laughs> we've got three students right here i guess so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we're gonna hold you to that <laughs> you're all being added to the mailing list very good. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of mailing lists and so on, um, where can people find you if they want to uh, add themselves sure, on to your mailing list or your website and so on? Well, I mean, uh, we have a pretty pretty great website mm-hmm. made by Brooke's husband. Thanks. Hey. Little shout out for you there, babe. <laughs> um, but yeah, our website is just www.thelondonloom.com mm-hmm. um, and our Instagram handle is at thelondonloom, which is where a lot of people find us as well. Yeah. And we're open all the time, so you can pop in and say hello, which would be great. Um, or like everything's just bookable online, which is great as well, because then you can uh, plan stuff. Yeah. And have, we love statistics. So, <laughs> so jump online. The more people yeah. we book in online, the more statistics we'll have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it really a win-win for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, and, but we are definitely hilarious uh, in text. So if you join, join on to our newsletter, we'll send you sweet things. It's true. I, I, sure. I always enjoy the uh, <laughs> the newsletters I get <laughs> and the Facebook posts that pop up on my feed. I've enjoyed your cool. like the Concord references on Instagram recently. That was yes. Oh yeah. my god. You know, crazy. It's, just, that we came <laughs> it's just so funny. Like every for the last couple of weeks, every time I've watched like something, there's been like a weird weaving right. reference. Like there was yeah. a Simpsons episode oh, where yeah, yeah. Marge was weaving, and like, then there was Hi, just I this, yeah. yeah. And then, it was so funny. And then that like the Concord episode where he's like, only men weave, and I was just like, lol, what is that? <laughs> How have I never known this before? But anyway, if you have any cartoon or uh, <laughs> pop culture references to weaving, feel free. Did you know there was actually a David Bowie uh, song? It's all about weaving. No, please don't. Anyway, I'm off on my own. <laughs> so for all weaving related things. Yeah. P.O. Box. No. Yeah. <laughs> the other good thing about the location here is that you're next to uh, cafes and things and you're down the road yes. from the Pom Pom office mm-hmm. in... Dalston, and not that far, I guess, from uh, Clapton's, from Wild and Woolly. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. we're, we're best of, friends now. Yeah, we love Anna at Wild <laughs> and Woolly. Brilliant. She's the best. <laughs> We've been sort of like um, added to the little like Hackney Triangle of um, oh, yarn nice. stores. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yes. We are actually directly in between like Knit with Attitude exactly. and Wild and Woolly, and yeah. it's just su- and they have such lovely yarns that we kind of yeah <laughs> see if we can plan something with them that we can yeah. do in the cahoots because. Yeah, I want to just touch their yarns. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I want to judge their yarns. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, this and I think it's something as well that people don't. People have never been to Hackney Down Studios mm. for, which is where we're situated. Um, people are always amazed how lovely this little area is because yeah, we're, yeah, we're right in between a record store and a yoga studio. <laughs> how very happy. <laughs> and um, but there's like a plant shop and stuff, and there's a cafe, and there's like little cafes around, and we're right next yeah. to Hackney Down Studios. 
And we have a theatre as well, yeah. yeah. Why yeah. would you ever leave? Yeah. Oh, we don't, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it gets very warm because we've got the insulation from the yoga Ooh. studio, so that helps us out. <laughs> we do have a heater. But... <laughs> <laughs> Just for anyone visiting in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. And we've got facilities. Last time we didn't have facilities. Yeah. So we're very oh. happy to be able to say, yes, you can use our toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was, yeah, I mean, we, we made it when we got a toilet. Really. Yeah, right. The guys from the Serial Killer Cafe own a studio here, so you'll see massive crates of uh, American Pop-up. Pop-ups. S- cereal wow. and pop tarts. It's just better and better. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've There's never a st- lot of sexy men around yeah. here, though. Yeah. And I've got a big window. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a sexy man, if you're a yeah. sexy man, do, do come on by. Yeah. If you're a sexy man who loves to weave, <laughs> please give Drop us a call. <laughs> please. We'll take you. my number. Take it back. Give it to your friends. <laughs> okay, well, um, I think we're probably close to time. Cool. Okay. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for letting us come and make Sporans. Yeah, oh my god, you're yeah. so thank welcome. You. I feel like Sporans should be our new like class, our course that we do. <laughs> yeah. Learn to make a Sporan and they'll love it. Well, watch this space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First night. First night. First night. Thanks again to Francesca and Brooke for letting us crash their weaving party. <laughs> it was great. Unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. How many times can you use that? <laughs> but it really was loads of fun and we do uh, recommend you. Hey, what if you even did some weaving with the Wool Kitchen yarn? Well, that would just be... Wouldn't that be awesome? This podcast in a nutshell. It really would. <laughs> and it's just a reminder that their book, uh, Weave This, is available for pre-order. You can find all the information on their website, which is the Linden Bloom. And yeah, we say check it out. All right, so we've got a fun new feature for the new year. We've had features like Knitters You Should Know About. We started off with Colour of the Cast. Do you remember mm. that? Um, Back in the day. I'm glad you remember it. Ravelry Realness. Oh, Ravelry Realness. That was real. I was unreal. It was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to start 2018, we thought, let's have a newie. So this is, um, I can't remember, did you come up with it with a friend of yours? I don't, I so think it might have been credit. a collaboration between me and Jess. Okay, so it's textile and wool phrases that are used in everyday language mm. and we're going to explore the etymology of these. And I came up with uh, a feature title, which... Which she's now pitching to me for the first time. <laughs> is this feature, it was written it down, is this feature called textiles? The text files? <laughs> so like, the text files, the, the, the truth is out there. The text files, the texto the. Hmm. I mean, the thing is, is it sounds like it's just about text. I love, I love it. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Because I don't have a second option to pitch to you. So currently, the segment's called the text files. Questionable. Questionable. As long as you say it with the upward intonation. I'm. Okay. So what have we got today for the text files? So we have the phrase "pulling the wool over your eyes." So, you know, the reason we're interested in this phrase is because it has the word wool in it. <laughs> and there ends the text pass. No. So, pulling the wool over your eyes. You, you know what the phrase means if I was to do that to you, right? 
You would be deceiving me. Yeah. Why would you do that? Well, because uh, I wanted you You're to... Spy! <laughs> I wanted you to like the text files and not look too closely at the title. Like, mm. wait, what's this? Like, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> um, so, bit of research on that. Mm -hmm. um, several centuries ago, it was the standard practice in Europe and America for both men and women to wear wigs. Interesting. Good times. Yeah. And had fun hair. Irrespective of whether they were bald or not. Um, these loosely fitting hair pieces were usually made of wool. Oh. Uh, what was wrong with that? I don't know. <laughs> you, you're wearing a wool jumper, Livy. Ah! <laughs> the whole time? No, you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry on. Uh, so they were made of wool. <laughs> Very good. When thieves wanted to steal something that the wig wearer was carrying, they sneaked up. <laughs> Pull the wool over the wig. So should we pulling the wig over your eyes? They sneaked up to the individual and literally pulled the wool, brackets, wig, over the victim's eyes. Temporarily blinded and confused. The victim didn't know what was happening around them. The thief used this opportunity to run away with what the victim was carrying. So, that is such, uh, that's a lot more dramatic tale than I thought right. it was going to be. I almost feel like Eli should have read it out in the horror stories section. Well, I tried. No, you did a good job. Um, pulling the wool. So, so we could recreate this. By just pulling Wait. knitted hats down over. Yeah. So I could just pull your hat down over I don't your think eyes. you need to tell people how to be more deceitful in this world. Because that's pulling the wool over your eyes. The text files. Well, I'm so glad that you pulled the wool away from my eyes. <laughs> so that I could see clearly into the past and know the origins of this <laughs> I like this segment. Good. Well, there's one more. Oh, good. Uh, I wasn't expecting this to be too. Oh, oh boy. Excited. This has got better and better. <laughs> uh, wool gathering. Do you mm -hmm. know that's a phrase? I feel like I've heard it as a phrase, but I don't 100%. I wouldn't know how to use it. Right, so way. it's sort of someone who's uh, daydreaming or dilly-dallying. Oh. Like you're being a wool gatherer. I bet people of... have used it about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wool gatherer. You'd be like, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't mean anything to a stash uh, or anything like that. Do you have any ideas what it, the etymology of this? Did people used to... Okay. So maybe when wool was um, a more was like worth loads of money mm -hmm. in like the industrial revolution times, maybe people would go and gather the like little floofy bits of wool that would get caught on like fences mm -hmm. and trees and things, and you know to keep them because they were actually valuable. And when you're doing that, it's kind of like a daydreamy job. You're like that stupid. Is, is that pretty much exactly is it? what? I've researched Is here. It? So yeah, gathering fragments of wool torn from sheep uh, on bushes and trees, yes. Um, so it's like an activity that doesn't really have... It's like you're wandering. Mm. So like it's a bit like uh, wool mm. gathering. So it made the jumps to like wandering about aimlessly looking for wool. It's sort of any other drifty, purposeless behaviour, your wool mm. gathering. So yeah. I'm going to start using that phrase. Get, get used to it, yeah. Get gathering. Yeah, get gathering, baby. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll have more on the text files. Wool, 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 What does it mean? <laughs> the wool is out there. <laughs> I want to knit. I want to believe. I want to believe. <laughs> Drop the mic. Good, Done. Good, good, Podcast good. over. Done. Okay, knit illusions. Yes. So. Uh, Ending the podcast as we always do. In style. In style. <laughs> top three. Um, as we have done in the past couple of January podcasts, we've done knit illusions, uh, resolutions of the knitting style. 
um, I listened back to last year. Yeah, it's kind of annoying that we have a record of what we planned to do <laughs> last year because... Yeah. Really being held accountable. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so all right, so, go on so what did we say Lydia. we would do? Well, past Lydia. Past Lydia said, oh this is quite good because you said you, you were interested in doing singing lessons. And what did I do? I know for a fact that you've done many a singing lesson and you've joined a choir. I have. Well done. Thanks, man. And you also said knit more. <laughs> well, I definitely knitted some more things. Yeah, I don't less know than I... what you'd done at that time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I knitted more in 2017 than I did in 2016, unfortunately. Okay. What are your What are your plans for this year? So are we? So just knit illusions or general? I mean, that is the title. It's true. It is, is it going to be a top three knit illusions? So we just because last year we went easy on ourselves and we just said we oh didn't nothing. Have three. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite hard to. I think considering that I keep failing with my knit illusions, it's quite hard to keep coming up with uh, new ones. I think what something I'd like to do this year is knit more socks because yeah. um, basically I should. You know, we always talk about background socks. Oh, it's yeah. really good to have yeah, a pair yeah. of background socks. I feel like I've really let the background socks slide. Yeah, into the background. Into the background. Too far in the background. Right. You They're just part like, of scenery now. You want them kind of like behind you, like uh, in a pantomime. Not what? like it's behind. Like you want them like there. Right. And, like, you don't want them part of the scenery. You want them the gag that's coming onto the set. Exactly. Sure. That is a really laboured. Anyway, so because um, I have a fair bit of sock yarn, mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like I should always have them on on the go because I think I keep accidentally finding myself in the position where I have like loads of stuff on the go, but mm -hmm. maybe all of it's a little. You know, it's not quite bus knitting. Yeah. You know, think how many more socks I could have. I'm going to carry on not cycling. So that's one yeah. thing I would um, okay. really like to do. And I'd like to continue to improve my colour work because I made my dye pyramid hat. Mm -hmm. And um, I've struggled in the past getting... Like, I can do colour work, but it's just quite slow because my if I knit, I knit continental style. Uh, and I can do both hands, but my English, my um, sort of throwing style mm. is not very efficient. So I'm always slowed down by that. But when I was making my overcheck cowl, I started using uh, like having both colours over on my left hand, yeah. And I put a, like a ring on my finger to separate them, oh, which yeah. is quite a common sort of. There's you can get like yarn guides. It wasn't an official yarn guide, but just a a ring that's unofficial yarn guide. Unofficial <laughs> rip off. It's actually a very beautiful silver ring. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's been working out quite well. Mm. So I might continue to practice that and maybe improve that technique. And then failing that, I really should learn to throw. Um, properly with yeah. my right hand. Do you have a colour work project in mind? Well, I would like to make... There's a, a yoke jumper um, in issue 24, so the spring issue mm. is coming out, that has um, not a huge amount of colour work. That's just low key colour work. If you yeah. Have a little taster. That's true, but maybe I'll make another colour work hat because that was... It's been a while since I've made anything like that. Mm. So those are two knit solutions. Cool. What have you got? Uh, well, last year I said, focus on one knit at a time. How did that go? <laughs> I mean, I got my garland finished, which had been languishing for a while because I mm. hadn't focused on it. So I think I did a little bit. You refocused on something. Refocused a little bit. Yeah. Probably could have done more. I uh, I have a really good cupboard now where I keep my wool. And I think that's helped a little bit because I have all my whips stored on the top shelf. And I think seeing that visually, I'm able to see them better rather than being in like a little uh, box, not a Tupperware box, uh, like a plastic, mm. a tiny Tupperware, delicious <laughs> lunchbox of wool uh, under a bed. Mm. Kind of, uh, it's a big luxury to see that. Maybe so. that should be a resolution of mine to organise my 
uh, whips. Mm, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yes, well, so that was one of, yeah. So that was, uh, and my actual solution, which I've kept so far, is not to buy any wool. So Maybe. far this year. Yeah. I thought you meant since this time last year, and I was like, no, you haven't. No, 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 no. <laughs> But like, yeah, this year, and I've kept, well, what we, third week of January, I've kept it so far. Uh, yeah, not to buy any wool. Any wool at all, all year. Any wool at all, all year. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to make that resolution. <laughs> no, honest. I mean, I think there's, I think we've talked about it a little bit on before in the podcast where people are like, oh, I'm going to do cold sheep. But I think my reason of doing it is that I, there'll always be nice yarn. Yeah. And I think, the amount of yarn that I've been fortunate to be to have like collected over the mm. years and to have been given from like working at a yarn shop slash at a magazine kind of thing, you know, stuff's accumulated, and I think it's more than makes me happy, and I feel I need to like work through it to be find it creatively enjoyable. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Without sounding like uh, I've been spoiled. <laughs> Uh, well, it's quite easy to acquire lots of yarn, especially when you're going to lots of shows. Right. Uh, you know, it's harder to... Um, it's sort of like if you know that you shouldn't go into whatever shop, like the chocolate shop, because right. you're definitely going to buy things. But if you work in the chocolate shop, right. it's quite hard to constantly resist the things mm. that you don't need immediately yeah. and buy them in the future instead. And so you acquire... You've just been like... Past Sophie was just acquiring lots of stuff. Right, for now. For now. <laughs> And also, it's always nice to support people, you know, with having all these amazing walls available. But I'm just going to try it. It's like a challenge. Like, it's not really like I'm denying myself. It's almost like a social experiment for myself. Like, huh, maybe I'll see if I, you know. Yeah. Cannot. Just just knit from stash. D- just knit from stash. I Can you knit some... from other people's stash? What if you really need something? Uh, yeah. That would be okay. I don't think I would. I'd try not to make that situation arrive. But yeah, I knit some uh, baby things. Which was quite good because there's yarns that I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? I was like, oh yeah, I could actually. Let's maybe readdress the stash. Anyway, mm. we'd be interested to know what your net solutions are if you have any or any recommendations of. No, you shouldn't uh, not buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. As always, we love your feedback, uh, your thoughts, especially you know this time of year. Everyone's doing reflecting, mm-hmm. um, so it'd be lovely to hear what you're reflecting on, what you're planning on making. What you think of the podcast. Uh, but only if you like it. <laughs> <laughs> you can always review us on iTunes, and that's very nice. We like reading them. It makes us very happy. Mm-hmm. And validates what we do. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, you can, of course, get in touch. We have an email address, which is uh, podcast at pompommag.com. If you don't want to be shouting out on the Ravelry forums, you can just give us a little yeah. private hello. And if you have any suggestions for uh, sayings... That yeah. you'd like us to discuss in the textile files. I think it's called that now. Text isn't files. It? Text files. Um, then we would love to hear about those, or if there's any other segments. Yeah. That, uh, you know, we could stack them up ready for when we run oh, out boy. of text files. Never we've solved them all. <laughs> solved all the files. <laughs> anyway, so well, happy 2018. Thanks for having us back, guys. Yes, happy New Year. We hope that your 2018 is off to a flying start. Mm-hmm. That you are surrounded by crafty fun times. And your ears are surrounded by crafty fun times by us. Wait. Is that weird? Mm. Anyway, (laughs) we'll see you uh, next month. We love you. Bye. Bye. Pomcast was produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott. With help from Eli Block, who created the original music for this show. For more Eli-related music, go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Thanks, as always, to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly. And thanks also to the lovely Amy and Gail. 
Thanks to our interviewees, Francesca and Brooke of the London Loom, and to our sponsors, The Wool Kitchen. Of course, a big thank you to all you Pom Pom buyers, subscribers and listeners. You can buy your copy of the magazine or copy of one of our books and subscribe too at our online shop, pompommag.com forward slash shop. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Why not leave a review? Send any feedback or ideas to podcast at pompommag.com. And don't forget to keep in touch with us via the podcast group on the Pompom Ravelry Forum.